Where to begin? Where to begin? Uh, certainly lots to talk about this week on Just Another Sports Podcast. Welcome in, everyone. Greg Swatek, Josh Smith. Hello. Here with you uh, this week. And yeah, I mean, we got no shortage of topics this week. We got the NFL playoffs uh, now down to the conference championship games, uh, the national title game, which which we were both uh, 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 keen on for mm. for certain reasons. Um, we have our normal segments. I have a, I have a couple of bad looks of the week. Uh, I might farm one of them and throw one of them onto the boat. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you have a good look of the week. I do. Uh, uh, or not, Josh? But. Um, but uh, I guess we'll start with the uh, NFL playoffs and um, and sort of the surprising loss by the Ravens. I mean, uh, I, I think we all thought that Tennessee was capable of beating them, but I don't think any, you, Alan, or myself thought that they were actually going to do it. Um, and we talked about last week how uh, sort of Ryan Tannehill had to be the the sort of the difference in the game and or play a key role in the game, and I thought that he did. I, I, I thought that played out. Um, and, and just the Ravens, uh, with, with the, with the time off, they really had almost three weeks off before they had last played a lot of their key guys. So I wonder how much that factored in and they just, they fell behind early and, and, and couldn't catch up. Yeah. And you know, looking at back at that game, the, the early part of that game, they got that stop. I think it was, um, it was after they got their first, uh, fourth down stop and then they took a shot and, and scored a deep uh, on a deep pass. Right. That's when it was like, Oh Okay. Uh, yeah. There's a problem here, you right. know. Um, yeah, because you have, you hadn't seen them crawl out crawl out of a deficit all season. Right. They didn't face many deficits all season. Right. And they that was and you know Jackson for all he has done and accomplished this year he hasn't had to come you know to, to come back um, and the pressure is a is a very real thing. Uh, you have to remember that he's only 22 or whatever right. he is. He's had you know he had one. Um, playoff experience, game yeah, of playoff experience. This, this was that. his. This was his second playoff. Game. Yeah. So, I mean, let's take it easy on the guy. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't think anybody should start to lose their mind over whether or not he's going to be a choke artist or something. I, I joked. I, I joked during the game that they should put in Joe Flacco. Yeah, Cause, exactly. Because that's, that's what everyone was screaming about last year when, yeah. when, when he was struggling against the Chargers. But as we've seen, like our whole lives watching football in the NFL playoffs, turnovers. Make the difference, and yeah, okay, they only had X number of turnovers this season. I think they were like the, they had the lowest number of any team in the league, but they turned it over on on Saturday, and that'll do it, you know. Especially against a team like that, that's really hitting on all cylinders, and you know has a player that no one else is, uh, you know, really has. Right. They had won 12 in a row. And, and, and I've been saying this too, like long winning streaks are weird things in the NFL. Like just cause you're bound to have yes. a bad game, a bad week. You're, you're going to have a game where things don't go your way. It had been a really long time yeah. since the Ravens had had one of those games. So unfortunately it came due at, 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 at the wrong time for them. So, and I know that John Harbaugh had been a really aggressive coach, especially on fourth down all seasons long. I know the Ravens were, what, eight for eight? They were perfect on fourth, fourth and, and one all right. season. But they paid the price for missing both of those fourth and ones against Tennessee. And I, th- I thought both fourth and ones were really unnecessary because even if you pick it up, like what's, what's the big gain other than the drive continuing for who knows what, a touchdown, a punt, a field goal, who knows what it would have turned into. But I, th- I just thought they were unnecessary risks. <clears throat> by Harbaugh there and, and, and they paid for it both times. Uh, the next play Tennessee scored on the long yeah. pass from Tannehill. And then, and then the other one, they, 
I, I think Derrick Henry broke off a long run, and, and that turned into really, I think, the game-clinching touchdown with the, with the Henry-Tim Tebow jump pass yeah. for, for a touchdown. So I think what kind of gets lost a little bit in, in this game is that the, the Ravens' defense – they were I mean, they were an incredibly balanced team this year, but you have to look at the way the style that they played, and the fact that they controlled the clock a lot. Right. They ran the ball like crazy. The defense was not needed to win games a lot of times, and really, they they have some really nice players. They have some really good defensive linemen. Obviously, Earl Thomas is still really good, and their corners are really good. Yeah, Peters and um... yeah. But they have some holes. They have some problems on that defense, especially in the middle. The linebackers are right. not very good. Yeah, and they brought in defensive linemen over the course of yeah. the season. So, I mean, I I think they may have been getting a little too much credit uh, for, for the, the, the ability of their defense. Yeah, they, they were really good. But, again, no one is that much better than everyone else yeah. in the NFL. And no one is, like, incapable of being beaten on, on, on a given week. So I, I just think a lot of it was just – the Ravens played their bad game at, at, at the wrong time, and, and Tennessee has gotten hot, and, and they continued to play really well. So, yeah, and uh, it was pointed out throughout the course of the game while I was watching it how they were doing whatever they could to force Jackson to run outside and run laterally, and that was right. That was interesting. I, you know, they had the personnel to do it. You know, I think that's that was a really good game plan. Um, actually, doing it is another thing. They were able to do it for a big chunk of the game. You know to help them get a lead uh so we'll see if that's something that moving forward teams continue to try to do against him if they can yeah the the things i kept hearing in the wake of the game were the ravens sort of the coaching staff panicked and they got away from their running running, their running game when they fell behind early did they have to yeah jack because i think jackson dropped back like 70 times in that game and which is a lot for any quarterback Uh, and, and jackson is a better passer than a lot of us thought he was going to be, including me. But he's, but that's not his bread and butter, and he's not a super accomplished passer yet. Um, so did the Ravens panic a little early in the game and, and get away from what they do well? And the other thing was with Jackson was he doesn't throw out. The Titans forced him to throw outside to, to the to the sidelines outside the numbers, and he struggled to do that. I mean, it, <clears throat> Mike Preston wrote a column that we had in our paper this week saying he lacks a little bit of arm strength and he's got to work on get, improving his arm strength going in the next season. So so the Titans forced him to do something that he's not very good at. So so those were the two things that I that I heard. But I, I just think one team's gotten hot and has yeah. played well, and, and I think the Ravens had their bad week after, after winning 12 straight games, which is an incredibly rare and unusually long winning streak in the NFL. So it it just caught up to them. I won't be, I will not be surprised whatsoever if the Ravens um, come back next year and and gain and gain the number one seed again. Because I I, I think I've been proven so wrong about Jackson. Now that I'm on board with him, I I, I think he's going to continue to get better. Yeah. And, and this will be, uh, he will, he will take this and he will learn from this. Like last year's playoff game was, was different Mm -hmm. in that he was still a very raw uh, NFL quarterback. And his head was spinning. I'm sure. Sure. Never been in the game before, you know, and he did incredible, an incredible job at improving, um, some of the things that he was flaw, some of his flaws in in the off season and throughout the course of this season, this will only fuel him even more. And I, you know, I let's, we're not slapping a, choke choker label on this kid already 
for God's sakes. Like, it's two seasons. He's already made it to the playoffs twice. He's won how many games as a starting quarterback in the NFL? Like, right. it's the same. It was. You, I mean, I'm certainly not putting him in the same ballpark as someone like Peyton Manning, but that was the knock on Peyton Manning early. Like, he can't win the big one. But he's 20, this kid's 23 and years he's old. He's only played two games. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately for the Ravens, they've lost both of the games yeah. that he started. He, so. he is going to be a great one. He, he you know, he's going to get over the hump. Just, you know, just you watch. Right. So. I mean, if you if you go back, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toot our own horn a little bit here. Because if you go back and listen to our podcast last week, uh, we said that Ryan Tannehill was, he had to play well for the Titans to win. He did. And we also said that the Vikings 49ers game, was going to be decided by the defensive lines, and, yeah. and, it, and it really was because the San Francisco defensive line dominated uh, your your boys, unfortunately. Yeah, it was there. completely and, unsurprising. And, and yeah. yeah, the Vikings' weak offensive line couldn't handle the the that ferocious San Fran D line, especially with D Ford now back in the picture too. And and that was the difference in the game. The Vikings struggled to get a first down in the game. Yeah, and and they got back. I think it's Quan Alexander is a really good linebacker. They got him back. He was he was essentially guarding Dalvin Cook, and Dalvin Cook is huge in their in their um, screen game. They couldn't get anything going, and it was it wasn't very long into that game where you could just see, okay, I see how this is going, and it played out exactly the really the way it should have. Unfortunately, you know, for for my team, you know, they just got they got walloped, but you know, they weren't. The 49ers are a much better team than they are. I mean, so the the right team won. That's all I'll say about that. Right, but again, I, I think we hit all the talk. You, Alan, yeah. I think we hit all the talk, the key talking points, and it ended up panning out that way. Uh, yeah. Last week, a lot of the things to watch were the things that decided the game. Um, <clears throat> we'll get to the Packers. I mean, the Chiefs, Texans in a minute, because that's the game I had the biggest problem with. Yeah, and I want to sound off on that. But I, I, I think we're both unsurprised. The Packers, Seahawks could have gone either way. Uh, the Packers just played better than the Seahawks, and the, and the Seahawks. And the Seattle doesn't win in Green Bay, and Green Bay yeah. doesn't win in Seattle. So the home field advantage, which was decided by that millimeter of an inch that the 49ers stopped the Seahawks on, on that Sunday night regular season finale, that that made a big difference in that game. And, and, and the Packers wound I, up winning. Well, you guys – I turned the game off because it was lopsided. And right. I, I hate Aaron, watching Aaron Rodgers and, play. And, and, and Seattle made it somewhat interesting. They never really yeah. threatened to win the game. Yeah, but they did have the ball with what? four? They were down four with four minutes right. to go or something. And you right. texted, hey, I can't believe this. You know, well, Here we are. Or somebody – it was either you or Alan said, hey, <laughs> right. look at this. You know, The ball's in his hands. And, and, and Pete Carroll didn't call a timeout. I, I, he punted with, I think, under yeah. four minutes to play. I, how, yeah. I mean, I can't remember what the down – in distance i think russ had just taken a sack right so it was kind of a long it would have been a long fourth down conversion but at that point i was just sort of like why are you punting i again i, I just you know you gotta you gotta go for it there if you want to win the game and right. they didn't get the ball they didn't get the ball back did they until the end of the right exactly uh, right yeah the packers basically ran out the clock with some first downs mm-hmm. so so the packers will play the 49ers for the nfc championship i i can't see green bay winning that game I, san francisco to me is, is the best team clearly left. I think, yeah. is left. I, I, I think they're at least a step or two in front of everyone else for me. Even even the Chiefs, who who have the explosive offenses they showed against the Texans, but the Texans and Chiefs. Bill Bill O'Brien is an awful coach. I think he still has his job though, doesn't he? He does because they're always good enough to to be the fourth best yeah. division champion every year and make the playoffs. They're always that fourth. They always win their weak division. Uh, and they always get that four number four seed. Yeah. They're always playing in that first game on on Saturday, that first wild card game. Sometimes they win it, oftentimes they lose it. And 
like he lost the game for his team on on Sunday, I believe, against the Chiefs. I mean, they, the Texans lost a 24-point lead in the span of a quarter. In the span of a quarter. Like, yeah. if you think of how, how hard that is to do, to lose a 24-point lead in 15 minutes, that is – you almost have to try and do that. That, that is so yeah, hard Yeah, some do. crazy things happen, but, <clears throat> uh, but you're right. Yeah, but, but my biggest problem with it was they had the 21 nothing lead. They, I think they had just gotten a turnover. They're driving – they're in field goal range. Easily and, in field right. goal range, yeah. And they come up to a fourth and, like, a foot. It's less than a yard. And Bill O'Brien's going to go for it. They're going for the kill here. Another touchdown, 28 nothing. I don't know if Kansas City would have been able to <clears throat> recover from that. So, so they're going for the kill. And, and here I am criticizing John Harbaugh for going for the unnecessary uh, fourth and ones. Something happened. Either a player got hurt and they got nicked up. Something caused them to have to call a timeout. He rethought and, it. And he rethought it, and they bring out the field goal team. I don't have a big problem with this. I, I'm not going <clears> to... <throat> really hammer a coach for taking the points it, it, you're keeping the game under control and momentum in your way momentum going your way so they kick the field goals 24 nothing texans um kansas city gets a big kickoff return from uh, nicole hardman right they score a touchdown a couple plays later it's 24 7 the game still you're in complete control the game's still manageable things aren't slipping away yet and then on the next drive the texans they it's fourth down. They're deep in their own end, and what does Bill O'Brien do? He decides to go for a fake, fake field fake, goal, fake, fake punt, fake punt. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that they don't get. Yeah, and three plays later, Kansas City scores again. So are you gonna? Not, are you being aggressive? Or are you not being aggressive here, Bill O'Brien? That, that, that's my point. Yeah, like it, deep. Make in, up your mind, dude. Right, exactly. Like, he, as Jeff Spicoli would say. Right, is it conservative or aggressive? Pick a lane. Is, is, yeah. is what I said. Um. Because it, it was unusual, too, because he was super conservative deep in Kansas City territory with a foot to go. And in his own end, on, on fourth, deep in his own end on fourth down, he gets super aggressive. Right. So, like, why are you being conservative like, when you have a foot to go deep in the other team's end? And why are you being super aggressive in your own end? It, 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 it was just bizarre yeah. coaching decisions in that sequence right there, that that that. Uh, kicking the field goal, giving up the touchdown, and then missing the fake punt—that got the Avalanche yeah. rolling on top of the Texans, and it was—it was—it was coaching. And, and 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 Kansas City also scored 41 unanswered points, which is a ridiculous amount of unanswered points. Yeah, I mean score. there aren't many teams in the league that can do that, right? You know, let's no, be honest. No, right, exactly. Mahomes, the Chiefs—it was—it was a great comeback. I'm, I'm not taking credit away from them, but I think Bill O'Brien really contributed to his team's demise yeah. with, with some. Just a questionable sequence of decisions there, and, and that lit the flame for, lit the spark for Patrick Mahomes and in, in, in the Chiefs, and and uh, and they roll. And you so. you mentioned Harbaugh, and this is questionable whether or not he should have gone for some of those fourth and but, ones. But, that's, but let me but let me like Harbaugh, he does it right like ninety percent of the time in terms of right. those situations. Like situationally, he is a fantastic coach, and a lot of 
a lot of that, I think this year, maybe the last year too, is analytically driven. Like he pays a lot of attention to that sort of stuff and the odds. And I don't know who he has on his staff that's like telling wow. him this stuff, but he's aware of all of that stuff. And that's where those decisions, you know, come from. Where then you have a guy like Bill O'Brien who's just going by his gut or whatever. And right. Well, and Harbaugh's consistent. He's consistent. Yes. I don't. If 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 you're going to be consistently aggressive, fine. If you're going to be consistently conservative, fine. But he was conservative and on in one minute and then aggra- super aggressive the next. Yeah. And it was just the inconsistency there was the problem. And the Ravens, I think, do employ an analytics person, and, and 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 he's on the headset because this came to light because the Browns hired. Kevin Stefanski, who's uh, <clears throat> who's sort of an analytics yeah. coach, and and the Browns have an anal- analytics-driven front office. The the Podesta is that the, the guy's Paul name? Paul Podesta, the baseball guy, and right. Money, uh, Jonah Hill and and Moneyball. Right. That was the, that was the character. Um, uh, and, and and there were all kinds of reports that the the Browns were going to have someone on the headset, like overruling play calls, or the game plan had to be submitted. To the, so this came to light. And, and, and and then people pointed out, hey, some teams, including the Ravens, actually have an mm-hmm. analytics guy on headset at all times, but they're not like calling plays or anything right. like that. So probably just there for consultation. Right. And, uh, Harbaugh is consistent. O'Brien wasn't consistent in this case, and he really cost his team a, a big lead, uh, I thought, and ultimately the game. So um, I guess people want to see the Mahomes offense take on the 49ers defense. I think that that would be the most appealing Super Bowl. I don't know. I'd be fine. Okay, I guess it would in general. The way Derrick Henry is playing, yeah, I want to. I just want to see him keep playing. Right. I mean, I'm, I'd be fine with either AFC team just because of the styles that they have and just the stars that they have. Henry is a genuine one of a kind player in 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 the NFL. I don't know that in the annals of the league you've seen a guy that's six five, two hundred and forty whatever pounds playing running back. Right. So man, that's a that is a lot of fun to watch. Vrabel is a super sharp coach. Um, so I'd be fine with with either one of those. Uh, yeah, I actually think Tennessee has a chance to beat the Chiefs. I don't think the Packers have a chance to beat the 49ers. Not based off of so. that previous matchup they had. Right. Aaron Rodgers was turtling up and that, getting yeah, crushed. That, that was, and, it was a Sunday night game that the 49ers totally dominated. And, and I see sort of the same thing happening um, on on Sunday. I, I think that's a late game Sunday. But I, I could totally see Tennessee going into Kansas City and winning again. And I, I'd be fine with the with a 49ers, Titans the 49ers defense against yeah. Derrick Henry would be a, yeah. an, an intriguing matchup as well. So, so an interesting weekend to play off uh, football uh, uh, to be sure, which was followed on Monday by the national championship game. And, and uh, I, I think you and I both have a high opinion of Joe Man, Burrow, the LSU I just quarterback. Love him. Yeah. Six, 60 touchdown passes this year. Well, uh, their offense got off to a slow start against Clemson, but once it got rolling, I mean, it, it looked pretty unstoppable. Uh, you have you have uh, Thaddeus Moss, Randy Moss's kid. You have a couple of great wide receivers, a uh, a great running back, and uh, Edwards uh, Elaire. So I mean that LSU offense was hard to stop once it got rolling. And and Burrow, I think we both think is going to be a great NFL quarterback, even though he's going to an NFL wasteland or what's become that w- w- I, with the Bengals. I've said it, I think, to you a couple of times. Um, I don't care that he's he will win a Super Bowl within the next ten years, if not more than one. Right. I just think he's that kind of transcendent sort of talent. I think he he's a, the kind of quarterback that can uh, make teammates better and all of that sort of stuff. Um, I never, I've just never watched a college football quarterback like him. 
Right, and, mean, and his work ethic is off the charts yeah. too. I mean, did you did you see the one scene uh, where he was on? He was riding the stationary bike, but he had the headset on. I, I just thought right. that was a great visual of him pedaling on the bike while wearing the headset and talking to his guys yep. upstairs. So, yep, uh, he, he's he's got a lot of Tom Brady qualities in him, I think, and, he, and he's he's at least two times the athlete that Brady is. So, I'm not saying he's going to be Tom Brady, but um, or have the win six Super Bowls or whatever, but um. But he's that style of quarterback, and I, I think he'll win in a big way, sort of like like Brady did. Yeah, I'm not as familiar as uh, I, I could be a, about the Bengals personnel, but I, I don't I, I don't know if AJ Green is going to be back. Or <laughs> he may even be a free agent or something. Right. So they I mean, let's you know he he's probably going to struggle a little bit next year. I think he'll be a good quarterback right off the bat, but I, I don't know that they're going to be very good. Um, for, for a little while but right. man he there's no doubt in my mind that he will be a good quarterback it's just crazy to see you know like over the last like several years all these quarterbacks that have you know been first round uh picks have, have it's almost it's just been easy to see that they, right. they were gonna they were gonna be successful in yeah the joe burrow wants to be great i mean it, it, that's plainly obvious uh he's got a he's got a great backstory growing up in in ohio so um yeah i i, I think the sky is the limit for that guy and, and the Bengals are lucky to have the number one pick in the year that he is uh, coming out uh, there. And then there was the great picture of him after the game, uh, smoking the cigar. I, this was almost worthy of like a scene or two be seen, but, but he's just sitting there and he's smoking the cigar. Like, Hey, I just won the national title. Like, yeah. like eat it. Got, eat, yeah. eat it. Everyone is basically what the, what the bubble caption could have been above his, above his head. Um, so, uh, so yeah, yeah. I mean, especially for a kid that really, I guess, um, you know, last year he, he started, and uh, there wasn't, there weren't a lot of people singing his praises right. a, a whole lot. And man, he just came in this year and lit it up. And uh, more power to him. It was right. fun to watch. I I got to see a lot of him this year, and he he was a, he was a thrill to watch. Right. Uh, Major League Baseball uh, came down with their uh, punishments. Yeah. Uh, in, in, in the Astros sign uh, stealing scandal, and, and they were pretty significant. Um, initially, MLB suspended. Um, Houston GM Jeff Lunau and manager AJ Hinch for the season. Uh, the team was fined uh, millions of dollars. I, I I forget the exact sum of what they were fined. But then the Astros went ahead and um, fired both Hinch and Lunau. Uh, they're out of jobs. And uh, sort of a, the ripple effect of it was that Alex Cora of the Red Sox, who won a World Series with his as manager of the team. And was the bench coach for the Astros the previous year when when they beat the Dodgers? He got fired too for his involvement uh, with this thing. And my, and my question about this is not: uh, Do you think the punishments were just? Because I, I think we would all agree that they were. But how prevalent do you think this is in Major League Baseball? With with all these analytics geeks in baseball now, with all this video equipment and technology that's available, like how much? Do you, like, okay. We, well, we, we know in college sports that a lot of stuff goes on that never gets detected or reported, and and if it's a big major program, something's probably happening that could be considered a rules violation. But how prevalent do you think? St- not maybe to this extent or this exact thing is in baseball. I, I don't but, think I don't think it's that prevalent. And the reason I say that is because how did this one come out? It came out because a dude left the Astros and went somewhere else and talked to someone. Uh, in the media about how, you know, what what the, uh, the the tactics were there, and because he was uncomfortable with it, there is so much personnel change in the major leagues 
that you would I think you would hear more about this because right. people would be sharing information teams would be fingering other teams there would be uh, uh investigations taking place right and left I think and you would hear about it um I, I just wonder though because all these analytics guys right, are, I understand. Are, are searching for every little yeah. microsec- microscopic advantage, and the video is all available advantage they can get like I wonder about that with the Orioles because um uh, because who's, who's, Mike Elias, uh, Mike Elias is from that Astros organization. Yeah, but he was more Astros. or less like a personnel guy. And I'm not accusing him, obviously, of doing anything. But but all these guys are searching for microscopic little advantages any way they can find them. The Orioles aren't going to win any more games because they, they they're the signs. <laughs> right. You, you don't think if the Orioles knew a fastball was coming, you don't think they can I mean, hit it out of the park? Maybe they'll win one more game. Maybe they'll right. win 42 games this year. Right. <laughs> Hey, uh, I'm trying to think of an Oriole. Just yeah, a, I mean, yeah. A, a nondescript. Here, here comes a fastball. <laughs> try, try, try and hit it. Here, right. Austin Hayes. Right. Here, here comes a fastball. Can you hit it out of the park? Um, so, yeah, well, I, well. So you, you think it is something that? No, I, I don't. I, I just wonder. I, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I just know that these teams push the, or yeah, push, push the envelope and stuff. And is, is more stuff going on than we're even aware of, and that that is just undetected unreported right well my only question from uh the fallout is should they have stripped them of their world series title then you get in that weird gray area of technically they did actually win it but then they're not recognized as the champs so like who was the so what there wasn't a 2017 world series champion or whatever so right it's it's like when you strip guys of the records it's like they actually even though they might not everybody have knows who, right. who, who, right. what they like, did like Barry Bonds you're going to take away his home run records like he actually he did it yeah and if you take away his home run records you also have to it affects all the pitching stats too because if you take away the home runs for Bonds then the pitchers are affected yeah. their the home runs allowed batting average uh, runs against all yeah. that stuff my, so my biggest problem with all of it is that it was an organizational thing so at the people at the top of that organization are saying, Hey guys, get on board. We're cheating. You know, and I understand that stealing signs is just something that's always done. Right. And, and guys are trying to do that by watching from second base or whatever it is, as long as you're not using technology, but like you're telling the organization is basically telling every player, Hey guys, we're going to cheat. I don't care if you don't like it. We're cheating. Right. We're openly going to flout the laws or the, the rules here. And I have a problem with that because, you know, if you're on that team, maybe you're not cool with that, but you just got to go along with it um, and, go, I guess, suffer the consequences if you guys it, get busted. It's the reason why I think, like, steroids aren't – people say, hey, let them all do steroids. Yeah. Who cares? Well, there's some people that don't want to shorten exactly. their life, don't want to do steroids. Sight and cycling, like, it, it could get to the point where unless you're doing steroids or these performance enhancers, it's, it's kind of been proven over the years. Like, you don't have a chance. You don't have a chance. You can't compete. It's not a yeah. level playing field anymore. So yeah. that, that's, why, that's why these performance-enhancing drugs, they'll never be legal just because some people are, are unwilling to do right. this stuff. So um, it just made me think because in college football, like, if you looked hard at the LSU program, is there a rules <laughs> is there, is hey, there, is there violation? Of, uh, a rule it, violation happened on the field after the game with right, your boy and, uh, uh, Beckham. We're going to get into that, too. Um, 
but is there a rules violation? However, microscopic yeah. happening somewhere. Sure. The answer is probably yes. One hundred percent. Like so, are, so are some of these baseball teams doing something, and it'll just never get caught or reported? It, it just made me think. So we'll see what happens now with the Red Sox. I mean, they who knows if they get in even more trouble? Yeah, like um, and and you wonder like would. Lou now, I think, is done as yeah, a, yeah, a I, executive. Right. Hinch, I'm not – someone might take another chance on Hinch, who's a highly uh, regarded, well-respected manager. It might – it might he might have to sit out the season while this thing blows over, but but someone will probably hire Hinch sure. again. But Cora is not nearly as established as Hinch. Um, yes, he did win a World Series, but, but now with his name being attached to that, you wonder if he gets another manager. Especially shot. if this was his brainchild. Mm, right, exactly. So – so yeah, uh, so at least the t- the teams I credit the Red Sox and the Astros for taking strong stands. The Astros could have said, "Okay, we'll let these guys th- sit out their year, mm-hmm. take their suspension, and they'll be back." But no, they said no, no tolerance, and these guys are gone. So, so I think they're to be commended for that. Sure, I agree with that. So, yeah. Um, my bad look of the week. We already sort of touched on it. It's Bill O'Brien, who's and his stupid coaching and decision making. Uh, that, that was going to be my bad look of the week. Did you have a good uh, look? Yeah, I have a good look. I have two good looks, and they're kind of the same. Um, and both of them were were, were post game um, press conference performances. One was by Richard Sherman, and one was by Marshawn Lynch. Right. Um, Sherman is always he's just I, I just love Richard Sherman. Um, he's just a, a breath of fresh air when it comes to just speaking the truth, and right. he's, a, he's just a really bright guy. And he came out and said like gave the middle finger to all his critics at you know at the podium after he got a huge pick in the game against the Vikings right and I guess you know he's heard over the years that he's only a good quarterback because he plays zone and whatever like he's just like look what I just did like I was that was a man-to-man situation I picked them off they were the did, Vikings did, were not gonna throw did, to him did Thielen stop he yeah, stopped he, he stopped running yeah right? he, he gave up on the router he he it was essentially Thielen's fault right but I think what I heard was that the Vikings had decided heading into the game that they were not gonna throw right against well, Richard I Sherman mean, unless at, they had to if you look at the numbers when people throw yeah they're ridiculous and that's what he, he was right. quoting those numbers in this right. press conference right so whatever it was it's just he's always great in front of the microphone um, so I appreciated that. Yeah, and then, he's he's as close to a shutdown corner as you're going to get. He really and, and still today in today's NFL, where all the rules favor the the teams that pass and the receivers and the quarterbacks. Like you can't breathe on these guys without a flag yeah. being thrown. And in some of the games I was watching, it like literally with an incomplete pass, the whole stadium would erupt looking for a flag. It's impossible and, to play that position I mean, in right. the NFL. And, and and the fact that he and he's not a perfect shutdown corner, but but he's about as close as you can get to one in, right. in this day and age. Yeah, and um, I don't know that physically he's the same player he was in the Legion of Boom. Obviously, he's not, but he's just so savvy, uh, and that just makes up for for what he's lost physically. Um, and he's—I don't see him slowing down. You know, he's going to be a key part of uh, whoever's team he's playing for in the you know next several years. Um, and then so Lynch came came up to the uh, the microphone and said something after his uh, his team lost to the Packers, and it was um, basically like you know, uh, encouraging his, his, um, his fellow players to like take care of their money and, uh, take care of their, their, their mental health. Uh, you know, he doesn't get credit for how smart he is either. Like that right. guy is a really bright guy. It's like Bill Belichick. Everyone thinks he's a mumble mouth guy. But Rob but, Gronkowski, but, but, but same, but same not, idea, right? A meathead, right? Right. Yeah. But, um, you know, 
he, you know, he, he's a good advocate for, for all of that stuff. And I think he even said like, look, I've been on the other side of it. You know, I retired and I had my money. Like I took care of my money and I was able to enjoy it. And he's just basically reminding his, yeah. uh, and I think he does tons of work with kids in the, in the Bay area where yeah. he's from and that doesn't get reported or, or it really yeah. you know, doesn't get talked. He doesn't about talk to the lot, media. Right. right. Exactly. He doesn't enjoy that. But right. you know, and it was kind of funny cause I, I don't know that he didn't take any questions or anything. I think he just kind of came up and was like, look, I, I got something I want to say. And he said it. And it was basically just like, here's some advice to, to my guys, you know, take care of yourselves. Um, you know, and it seems like a really simple thing, but you know, these guys that get into the league, they get fame and fortune right away. Oh, the, the, the bankruptcy numbers are yeah. st- like seven in 10 of these guys yeah. go bankrupt at some point. So to hear it from somebody like him is probably pretty valuable to, to some of these young men. Right. So those were two good looks. Right. Yeah. Uh, do we have some boat candidates this week? I, I definitely yeah. have one. So go um, for it. Well, thank, again, thank God I'm a Browns fan because they supply endless material. And, and at the national championship game, Odell Beckham Jr. was there <laughs> for LSU. I ch- have we thrown him on the boat yet? He's been a bad look of the week at least yeah. once because he, he wore his stupid watch during the game or he was doing all these yeah. little things. I, I don't think we've thrown him on the boat yet. I mean, I, I could be wrong about this, but he, he probably should have been on the boat before. Yeah. But he's definitely going on now because here LSU wins this national title. Odell, of course, played for LSU. And in the moments after the game, what is Odell doing? He's making it all about himself by handing out money. It looks like real cash. It didn't look like pretend money. It was. It was con- been confirmed by LSU that it's real. It was real money. Now, initially, they said, "Oh, these were. This was fake. These were fake uh, dollar bills or whatever." But right. that, which was total bunk. Now they've come out because Joe Burrow even he even confirmed it. I think I don't know if you saw this today. He said on some show or whatever. He's like, "Look, I'm no longer a." I'm no longer a, an amateur athlete because he's, you know, right. he's done. And, he said it was that was real cash, and that, that was the point. A lot of these, all of these LSU you guys are going pro, so yeah. yeah. But you might get your program in trouble. Or yeah. he, the NCAA has announced that they're looking into this, right? So if you're out, of, what are you, what are you doing? Like your your team just won the <laughs> national championship. Why, why does it always have to be about you? I mean, and, yes, and that and, and and that's the theme with this guy is it's all about him. At all times, he wore the watch during the during the Monday night game, the million dollar watch that got attention. He wore a visor that the the league make it, made him take off during a game. He wore clown shoes during a game. Like he's a clown. Um, he's the guy that always pushes the boundary, and then when someone calls him on it or someone slaps his wrist, he's like, "Ooh, I'm well, yeah." They're only doing that because I'm OBJ, right? Exactly. He's the he's the guy in the short room, like, "Hey, why are you picking on me?" He's he's the <laughs> "Why are you picking on me?" guy that, that constantly pushes the boundary, yeah. and provokes people to pick on him, yeah. or, or look at him yeah. closely because he loves like attention is like his oxygen. Like he wouldn't be able to survive with that without attention. So he's like a different different version of Antonio Brown, right? So I'm sure his point was that these guys deserve to be paid. College athletes should be paid, but it's like, dude, you're actually handing out money to these guys and, and yeah. risking putting your program on on probation. And plus, you're making that you're the LSU might be one of the greatest college teams ever. And what are you doing moments after the game? And you're making it all about yourself again, right? So it's just ridiculous. And I mean, we've thrown Antonio Boat on the Brown. Antonio Brown on uh, Antonio Boat on the Brown. Antonio, <laughs> he's, the, he's been shot in the black hole. R- right, right. <laughs> I can't believe OBJ hasn't been on the boat yet. Uh, if he hasn't, but um, but he's going on this week because that was yeah. a ridiculous display. Another ridiculous display of selfishness by OBJ on Monday. Yeah, I'm going to go in a different uh, direction. I, I I sent you a tweet about this the other day, and I was sort of like almost 
disgusted by what I was reading. Uh, and it had to do with Tony Romo. So oh, yeah. I, I'm, I, I like to throw broadcasters and analysts on this on the boat. I think I've done it numerous times over the years. Have we thrown Joe Tessitore, the, the uh, play-by-play probably. announcer, on the boat? I, I'm sure he's on there. But I'm throwing Tony Romo on there. Look, nothing personal against Tony Romo. I, I just really don't – like, I know people love him and his style as an analyst. I, I, I think he's very good. He's but, good at yeah. it. But, look, I don't I – don't, I just – there's no way in the world a, a guy who watches – NFL games and analyzes them live should make fifteen million dollars a year, which is apparently <laughs> like so. ESPN is like going hardcore after him because he's his contract with NBC is up or something like CBS, that. CBS, yeah. I'm sorry, it was CBS, and they're gonna they're gonna consider offering him between ten and fourteen or fifteen you know million what, dollars a year. And you know what CBS will do because CBS doesn't want to lose yeah. them; they'll have to freaking top pony the up offer, even more. Right, yeah, for a guy who watches the NFL and tells you about what's happening on the field during the game. And for a person like me, that is that is like totally ludicrous because I put the television on mute most of the time right. so when you I watch even, the Vikings. You don't even hear Tony Romo's Because words. I cannot right. stand the announcers, whoever they are. The only time I turn it off of mute is when there's a review or there's a penalty when I want to f- right. like find out what they're talking about. You, I, I mean, you raised an interesting point. You said, could you like the gnat sound of the yeah. stadium? And I want to like, hear the like crowd. The crowd and the officials' calls, I guess. Yeah, that's all I really and, care about. <clears throat> but, I mean, so could, could we create a channel where you get the ambient sound I've, of I've the said game? This, I've said this on this podcast w- numerous w- times w- over w- the years. W- without without yeah. the announcers. I, I don't know why the networks wouldn't provide that at that alternative program. Well, especially like ESPN, who had like the game on, on the national championship on all their platforms. Yeah. I think, I think they do a channel where like, yes. it's like people sitting around <laughs> commenting on the game. Do like, they really like, like, like yeah, the, the channel just, I don't think they're random people, but they're yeah. some, well, they, have, they have some sort of knowledge or expertise about yeah. college football. And they're just, it's literally watching people watch the game. We've said that before, how fun it would I think when Colin <laughs> was in here doing the podcast with us a couple of years ago, we we're right. talking about how fun it would be to like, just like drop f bombs and just be talking they're, about they're, whatever. Yeah, but they're not doing that. But, but literally, like the people that are watching this, they like yeah. turn ESPN News into like just a, a, a channel where people are sitting. So if you're watching yeah. this, you're like watching people watch the game again. Like I know Tony Romo's shtick is that he like predicts what's going to happen. But hey, guess what, people? I don't want Tony Romo to tell me what he thinks going to happen. Like, why don't you just let me watch the damn game? Right. Like I don't, I don't really care. That, I don't care that he thinks he's like, oh, he's Mister Mister Smarty Pants, and he can tell us what's right. going to happen on the next play. Well, good for him. Maybe I don't want to. I don't want to know what you think about what's going to happen on the next play. Just let me watch and see what's going to happen. Right. right. So yeah, I know he's really good at it, and everybody loves him. He, he would definitely improve. Yes, because the ESPN crew on Monday Night Football is terrible. Yeah. So um, I, I think uh, the, the, you made it a comment is. during the college national title game that made me laugh. He said, why is Chris Fowler shouting all the time? Yeah, it's too and, much. And it's like, but, but Joe Tessitore, who's at the, yeah. one of the he's, he's even, wor- he's, he makes a, he makes a third and one <laughs> in midway through the first quarter. sound like it's the most important play Fowler, ever. Fowler yeah. does it too. Right. I mean, he's, and he's another guy who I, I hate, I hate it because I'll be working a lot of time. I work on, you know, a lot of Saturday nights. So when Fowler's on there with Herb, Herb Street, Street doing right. whatever the game of the week, and I'll be trying to work whatever it is I'm doing at work, and I'll have, I'll sort of have you know the volume up a little bit, but like he start it's it's a startle it's startle factor. Like I hear him scream about yeah, something, I'm like, whoa, happened, what's yeah. going on? I have to look up, and it's like a first down. they had converted a first down right. on like a pass for right. seven yards. It's like, dude, chill out, man. Right. It's like 
<laughs> but 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 Tessitore like sets the scene like it was like this third and one. It's, it's like the most important He's play that's awful. ever that's ever been run in the history of football. It's yeah. like a third and one in the first quarter. Yeah. So, um, so I understand why you. I I I enjoy. I need the commentary during the game just to just to sort of help keep track of what's going on. Yeah. Um, but there's most of the commentators are, are horrible. There's, there's there's very few I enjoy listening to. So I'm I'm, I'm with you on that. So. Yep. Um, uh, seen or to be seen. Um, I'm going to go another, another NFL item. So I guess well, late in that Kansas City Chiefs win, uh, I don't know what which one of the eight in a, touchdowns in a row they yeah. scored or whatever the, the, it was. The, uh, I think I know where you're going here. But yeah. Is it the yeah. Fire, is it the fireworks? Uh, no, it's the uh, it's Eric Fisher. Uh, going over oh, Blake yeah. Bell scored on a touchdown pass, backup tight end scored on a touchdown pass. Eric Fisher, who's like a, a left, ta- the right tackle for or left tackle for the Chiefs, runs over and grabs two beers and stone colds two beers right in front of the crowd. He pours, pours them, on his face. Uh, he pours them on his helmet and very, very like he wasn't yeah. actually drinking it because I, I don't think any no. of it went, in, went into his actual. None of it. And, like he he ingested none of it. And no. and you could like you could barely see it on the screen like because he was sort of down to the bottom left hand part where he did it. But oh my god, it was so perfect. And then of course, um, like within the next within the next day or whatever, st- actual like Stone Cold Steve Austin like retweeted a video of it. Right. Um, that was just like one of the best celebrations I'd seen. Just like sort of like off the cuff, you, you know, uh, uh, spur of the moment. Right. The, the, the fireworks reference I made with the, the Chiefs apparently they ran they, out. They, they ran out of yeah. fireworks. They were scoring so many touchdowns that they <laughs> ran out of fireworks. If that's not the most embarrassing thing ever for freaking Bill O'Brien and the Texans, like the team was scoring on you so much that they ran out of fireworks yeah. at the shoot off. Well, you so. know, you gotta look those people that are in charge of that organization. Uh, Deshaun Watson is like one of the top ten players in the entire NFL, right? And he's really they're really he's, dis- he's, doing he's, a disservice. He's never to him. gonna he's never gonna win yeah. with that coach. They're doing a disservice to him by having Bill O'Brien as his head coach for all of these <laughs> very early. You know, and and years that he could be taking them to the next level if he had somebody different in charge, um, and that's sort of you know like there's it's almost like they're sort of stuck. If they have, as long as they have Bill O'Brien, they're sort of stuck in right that. because they're because they're never terrible, but they're never great, and, and, and it's, they're never yeah, going to be great. And it's equally as frustrating for, that that is the way I feel about the Vikings. As long as Mike, Zimmer, I really love Mike Zimmer, um, but it's almost like as long as he's their head coach. They're going to be pretty good. They're going to be competitive. They're probably going to make the playoffs. They're never going to win a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and they're never going to be bad enough to get the and number fire, one right. pick in the draft, which would be Trevor Lawrence next year or whoever. Lawrence, Lawrence you know? won't be as good as Burrow, but Lawrence will be pretty good, I think. Right. Too. Yeah. But like my point is, they're never going to be in a position where they can get that like that transcendental, you know. Up, up and coming quarterback that's going to change their whole organization that they can build around. Cousins is what year four now? Is that no? He's only got or? a three year contract and his and his contract is up next year. And like I, for it's really hard for me to decide if I want them to him sign him to an extension of any sort, even if it means deferring money from the contract so they can free up money to, for free agents and stuff this year. I'm all, I'm almost of the mind of like you know what? Let him play out this contract and let that dude become a free agent again. You know, and so he can go get another big contract wherever. It's like he is never going to win a Super Bowl. It's just he's not that kind of player. It's you, you, you have to have a quarterback that can move. Like if he can make some decent, he makes really good throws. He's very accurate, and and with the style of offense that they ran this year, he was really productive. But he is immobile. He is terrible in the pocket, 
And these days in this league, all the best teams have quarterbacks that can move, even if they're not scramblers and, you know, not, even if they can't run four, four, you have to have mobility there. And, you know, if you don't have that, you're just, you're not going to win a Super Bowl. <clears throat> right. So, I mean, there were, there were rumblings that if the Vikings lost their first playoff game to the Saints, that they were, they were going, I, I think they, were, it, they were going to fire Zimmer. Yeah. Like, like, how would you have felt if they had pulled the trigger I, on that? I would have been, uh, I really like him. So I'm I'm really torn about the whole situation because you think he just uh, coached that can only take a team so far. Yeah, I mean, and the problem is, like, say they have say they have a really bad year next year because there's going to be lots of changes on defense. Um, if they if they have a bad enough year for them to get a high draft pick, he's probably going to be gone. You know, they might fire him. Uh, I just don't know that'd be the best thing. I'm 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 really not sure. But you know, if you look at teams around the league the teams that are really good um that are that are still playing their head coaches are all offensive offensive minded right. coaches <clears throat> right um that's, that's probably why the because i think robert sala the, the yeah. 49ers fiery defensive coordinator was the runner-up to yeah. stefanski for the browns and i think the reason why the browns went with stefanski is because they need someone to i get that. Uh, run, run their offense yeah. I, I think that as a head coach i think it just works better when your head coach is offensive so you, minded. So you would have been okay with the vikings I, firing if that would have happened yeah. um i think i would have been okay with it depending on who who they could have gotten in his stead but you know the way it played out is fine i think you know he deserved after they look what they did against the saints was great it was a great game plan um, he does, he deserves, you know, to come back and get an, you know, get an extension, at least for, for another couple of years there and see if he can get it done. But I, it's never going to, it's never going to happen with cousins. It's just not. So, so your fear is that just they're trapped in the middle yeah. ground. They'll never be, yeah. ter- they'll never be terrible like the Browns, but they'll never be, uh, great enough to win a Super Bowl. So, yeah. Yeah. Unless something fluky happens in like whoever it is falls to them, you know, in the first or second round, some quarterback prospect that turns out to be the savior. Right. Um, they're just, I think they're just going to be kind of doomed to mediocrity. Who are their defensive free agents? Oh man, they got a bunch. Um, well, they don't have a bunch, but they have guys that probably aren't going to come back because they have big contracts. Like Griffin, uh, Everson Griffin's probably going to be gone, um, or come back on a really reduced salary. Xavier Rhodes has got to be cut. Linville Joseph, who's been huge for them in the middle of their defensive line as uh, as a free agent. Um, Anthony Harris, who's who's come on to become a really good safety next to Harrison Smith, um, is probably going to he's going to command a lot of money because he's an unrestricted free agent. Are they, led, against, are they up against the cap? Or, yeah, because um, of Cousins' contract. So they're going to have yeah. to cut. if they. But if they cut Rhodes and they cut Everson Griffin, um, get them off the books, they'll have money to maybe okay. throw it uh, at Anthony Harris or maybe even train and, Wayne. And, so. and have they paid Daniel Hunter yet? Yeah, he's been paid. Okay. Um, they've paid Stefan Diggs. They've paid Thielen. Um, a lot of their young, you know, young stars are, are uh, you know, are taking care of already. Ken- Kendricks, the linebacker. Yeah, he's been paid. Uh, okay. So whatever, they still have some. They'll have. So they'll have some pieces. Uh, but enough pieces to be. Good. Anthony Barr has been paid. Enough pieces to be good, but not spectacular. <laughs> yep. So uh, my uh, scene or to be seen. I, I, uh, the scene, I guess, would be the. I love that Joe Burrow picture where he's like yeah, sm- 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 smoking the cigar. Uh, to be seen is the Australian Open uh, starts my gosh. Uh, 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 this weekend and is. We're both big tennis fans and stuff. So, did you see the um? Did you see Nadal's on sixty minutes? I didn't go back and watch I, it. Yet. I haven't watched it yet either. No. Yeah, but, I want to see that. But Nadal was critical of uh, the ATP because they, they, they yeah just, he's they, pretty outspoken. They, they just completed the second World Cup or whatever, and apparently that Serbia won with Novak Djokovic. They beat Spain in the final in Nadal, and the deciding match was Djokovic beat Nadal. Um, but Nadal said this was the second World Cup in two months. We got to fix this. We need one big tournament instead of two smaller tournaments uh, in, in a two-month span. So once again, he was pretty critical of 
the ATP and the organizing body Good. of tennis uh, for saying these this is too much basically like we're we're doing too much and this could be streamlined so he needs to, I mean I'm glad to see that you know uses uses platform uses weight throws right, weight around a little right bit. Ex- exactly so so the Australian Open starts this weekend and and uh Roger how many how many years does he have left um uh to, to where he could really contend how many more years does he want to play because I, I i can't see him if he's not really a contender in the grand slams yeah. i can't see him continue playing so did you see uh, um that the the, the wildfires down there have caused problems with the, the qualifying right. tournament because yeah it's just and, so and, 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 they, and they said they could be a factor during the during the tournament uh the upcoming so tournament sad. too yeah. so yeah i think over a billion animals they said uh, had, yeah. had die i mean it's just horrible to hear about so right so um, what's tennis and the grand right, scheme yeah, of things right but, yeah of course um but um but yeah that could yeah. affect it we'll see yep so the australian open uh coming up so uh what have we missed i, I, th- I think we've hit it all here so, think so uh so we'll be back next week and we'll be talking uh we'll start talking super bowl matchup the the, the wonderful two-week build up to, uh, to the super bowl begins uh next week so. What are you talking about? Maybe we get the Pro Bowl. We can uh, oh, we could dive we could dive, dive into, into that, that too. So and also all sorts of fun things. So we'll see you next year. We'll see you back here next week here on just another sports podcast.